Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Father Knows Something. Now, I uh, will start by saying this is number 27, and we have a couple of good, couple of of guests. Uh, Everyone knows our traditional green-faced, or at least now he's green. I think he's been drinking or something. No, I'm green in sympathy. Ah, good. This is just the sympathetic color. Yeah. Now, (laughs) green in sympathy with our guest here. Ah, (laughs) I thought I was like green in envy type of. Hold hold on. So he's he, he he this guy is like an unleashed animal next to me on my left. Uh, I went in my in, in our kitchen tonight and <laughs> and I saw I had no idea who was in my kitchen, but he I, I saw this green guy and he was going to be on Morgan's show. And it was interesting because as I was talking to him, I said, "This this man is unbelievably intelligent, even Thanks, though he's man. in a, even though he's in a green in this green thing." So. Anyways, long story short, uh, after he recorded with Morgan, I said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And you know, guys, I think he is the kind of fella, even though he's in his in his green, uh, in his natural habitat, uh, he has a lot of wisdom. So I asked him to join us tonight and give us a little bit of, uh, of his own thoughts and commentary as these uh, questions from the guy on my right pitches it off to the left. So this is Lyle, or otherwise we call him the Gek, and welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for saying all those kind things, man. What? What is? I only know you as Morgan's dad. What is your name? That's what everyone calls me, Dad. Dad. Can, do you want me to call you Dad? Dad. Okay, Dad. There we his go. Name's, his name. Da- does anyone ever call you Daddy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I Morgan used to call me Daddy years ago, and then I went to Morgan, and, and lately, you know, in the last few years, I say, you, you know, can't you just say I love you, Daddy? And she says that's too creepy. Yeah, it has changed. Yeah, I wonder what, around around when do you think that I don't happened? know. Uh, oh, I I think that you know you know you know who's your daddy or call me daddy was around guess, for yeah. around for years. But you know when you, when you're looking at your own daughter, it, and you know it's like you know Morgan and I when she was three we'd play a game. You know where's daddy? Or, you know right? No, that's... and she'd be on my shoulders. The next thing I know is his face would pop down and be in front of me, and it was the most wonderful, cutest thing. And if you're a dad. Nothing warms your heart more than when your child calls you daddy. Mm. It's a warm, it, it, it's, such a, it's such a meaningful word, and I'm so sorry that people have corrupted it. There's people that like it. There's people that's like, oh, in the bedroom, call me this. Uh, so that's where twist, the problem is. It's twisted shit. I mean, yeah. for me, it's twisted, but, you know, you know everyone has their kink. I know we have a, a full show, so Justin, I'm going to let you get into the get, get into the reads. Let's get it going. Tell us, do we have any updates? We actually have two. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. First update. I literally almost stopped my car when I listened to the podcast at the time. I was like, damn, that happened to me too before realizing it was my story. Thank you so much for considering my story and advice. I do have a positive update. And to Lyle's benefit, we have a quick summary Please. of her write-in. Let's do it. I wasn't very clear with the details of the story previously, but to sum it up, I was working for this man who owned his private gym. His clients adored him, which seemed like a good sign initially, 
There was no HR in place for me to report his behavior to and honestly did not want to confront them in person. His place was in a secluded part of town with blacked out windows. If he felt me up and felt like it was okay to touch me before, I couldn't imagine what he could do if I pissed him off. There were other red flags that I missed. For example, everyone in his stories were always villainized, owned, owed him money, and he was always the victim. Also worth mentioning how many times he emphasized that no one else would pay me as much as he was. I realized I did not want to start my career with someone who had so many enemies in the business and would talk shit with his male clients about women. I resigned a month after the story was published and have been struggling financially a bit. However, I have been investing my efforts into having my own clientele and actually secured some of my own clients. In general, the fitness industry is sexualized because the kind of work we do can be taken the wrong way. When people are given care and attention, I've seen it be mistaken for romantic slash sexual interest. However, most small fitness studios don't really have a clear-cut sexual harassment policy or any type of HR. Uh, For example, the studio I work at, currently part-time in Los Angeles, does not have a sexual harassment policy either. Franchises are run however they want with little regard for actual laws and whatnot. We have had complaints from employees about men flirting, touching, and taking things too far. I went a step ahead of my manager and let the owners know we were having these issues because my manager wasn't taking it seriously. Within a week, we had a policy set up and it was sent up all the way to corporate. I mention this because there are still spaces in the world where shit like this flies and isn't taken seriously regardless of laws. So if this motivates someone to speak up, I'm glad to have shared my story on your platform. If you're ever in the need of a personal trainer or stretch therapist, you know where to find me. Fantastic. And I'm glad you did share the story with us. And I'm amazed that you're, uh, you're reporting on franchises and the fact that rules don't uh, trickle down from corporate. I, I know one thing about franchises is there's a lot of framework in a franchise that they have to maintain. And I find it uh, that if you went after the corporate or actually uh, did write into corporate on this one, that they would take an extreme action because it's their image and their whole fran- their their whole persona and franchise that's at risk. So I'm glad you did it, and thanks for for writing in and letting us know. Yeah, all right, solid update. You got another one? Uh, one more quick one. So this relates to the cousin story from episode 24. This was where recently I stopped talking to my two closest cousins, and I don't know who is at fault. Uh, they kind of grew apart. They began uh, going out without. OP and would get mad when I couldn't join because of work. So it just kind of spiraled out of control. Hi, Jerry, Justin, and Morgan. First off, thank you so much for the advice on my cousins. My sister got married last month. So for that whole weekend, my family got together. It finally gave us a chance to talk in person. On the last three days of celebration, one of my cousins decided to come up to me and she started bawling her eyes out saying she kept wondering what was new in my life and how she's been missing out on me and how she was sorry. The other cousin didn't look too sorry, but I kept it neutral and we talked a little. The next day they texted me if they could come over and I cooked dinner and they brought wine. We caught up on each other's lives and I thought maybe I can do what Morgan said. Just keep them around, be civil. They don't necessarily need to be in the closest circle. Now it's been about a month that we've been talking. We've managed to make up as if nothing happened. We text every day and hang out two or three times a week. When catching up, one cousin told me her parents are going through a divorce and the other one is having problems at home 
which has led to her depression along with trying out some drugs with her friends. It scared me a lot connecting it to Jerry's story with his cousin and his passing. I'm so sorry for your loss, Jerry. I cannot imagine losing one of my cousins. I'm so thankful for you guys and helping me realize that family is family and sometimes we forget how hard life can be and everyone has their challenges. It made me feel super guilty for not being there for them those eight months. I try to invite them over as much as possible so they can escape their home and their problems. They also love talking to my fiance when it comes to guy talk. Feels like we're all just super close again. Everything is perfect. Thank you guys. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of positive uh, forward motion. Good. All right, we're getting into it. Story number one. Let's do it. Are you buckled in? Yes, sir. Is this a is this a actually no? One? I'm unbuckled. I'm, well, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Well, we're gonna we have a whole new dynamic on Let's this show. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I love listening to Father Know Something and Two Outtakes. I am needing advice from someone that doesn't know me or my friends. I, 22 female, have two best friends: Nicole, 22 female, and Emily, 22 female. We have gone through a lot and I've been friends with them for over seven years each. All of us are in long-term relationships. My boyfriend works out of state for months at a time, so I hang out with my friends quite a bit. I usually only hang out with the girls, but last night I got to hang out with them and their boyfriends at Nicole's house. I felt like a fifth wheel, but it was okay. We started playing this card game called First and Last. We skipped a bunch of really inappropriate cards so that people wouldn't get uncomfortable. Then, Nicole's boyfriend pulled a card that he said he had to rank everyone in order of attractiveness. I was put in last place. It got really awkward after everyone started laughing, saying it was the perfect order. Everyone kind of noticed that I was silent and they started justifying why I was put last. Like, oh, well, Emily and Nicole are the prettiest girls I know, that kind of thing. I got over it and just asked to move on. I went home and cried. I've always had self-confidence issues. All my friends are stunning, like model level. I am pretty too, and I know that, but I have been compared to them for seven to 10 years now. It's not Emily or Nicole's fault. I know that. Every time I hang out with them, I feel so crappy. They're two of my best friends, but I don't want to beat myself up every time I am around them. Every time we hang out with their boyfriends or family, some backhanded compliment is made to me or I am made to feel stupid. Wow. Friends uh, demoralizing. We're going to let you run with this one first. Oh, you want me to go first? Oh, man. It's hard to unlearn how to compare yourself to other people, especially if it's really in your face like that. Like, she's not like, you know, going on Instagram and constantly looking at pictures of a friend. Like, you know, this is being like shoved in her face by other people. And that's very tough. Oh man, can you go first? I yes, I can. I no, I can. Upset. I it it you know having confidence within yourself really um, comes from you. Yes, that's and what I, I, and I would say that what makes a person truly beautiful is the person inside, mm-hmm. and the fact that you are a beautiful person. Let me tell you something. They might be stunning when you look at them. And you may not look at yourself the same, but you are stunning. Everyone is stunning in their own way. And it's whatever, you know, 
you know, what society says is stunning to them and people fall into that, that profile. You can't let that take ownership on who you are. You know, friends are supposed to nurture you, make you feel better about yourself. They're never supposed to tear you down. If you're, if you are in a group of people that they feel they have to tear you down to make you feel better, to make them feel better, you don't need them. Mm-hmm. They're simply not, they're, they're not your friend. They're not the person who's trying to bring the best out in you. When you're going out with, with, with somebody or you're in love with somebody, you want to be in, the, in a place where they want you to be, feel the best that you can be. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to do that, why do you want to be around them? So that's what that's what I see. That's what I see with this thing. I I agree with you. I think that uh, uh, you know, there's really never any use of comparing yourself to other people because you're your own independent, unique person with your own independent, unique things to offer, mm-hmm. and um, there is no objective standard of beauty to which everybody is to which everybody is subscribed mm-hmm. to. So, you know, it's very subjective. It's very subjective. So, you know, and I'm, and I'm really glad to hear in her post mm-hmm. her say, I know I'm beautiful. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she obviously, um, we're not talking about a person with absolutely zero self-concept. This person has good self-esteem. She has a good image of herself. She's just facing challenges. And I, I, it sounds to me like yes, she's facing challenges. But I, I'm, I'm glad. I was glad to hear her say that she knows she's beautiful because I think she'll overcome these challenges. And, and yeah. It's all about again what's inside, what makes you humble, what makes people want to relate to you, and certainly your intelligent level and your ability to hold yourself high and strong to to be the best person that you are, and that will make you the most beautiful person to everybody who sees you and comes around you. They're gonna want. They're gonna be. They're going to come to you because of who you are inside, not to what you show on the outside. I'm, I'm just I'm thinking more about how I, I really like the way that she's handling the situation because she also you know what she also said that I really like was she was like I know it's she named her two friends Emily and someone else but whatever she was like I know it's not their fault because a lot of the because you know like like when I think of the various ways that people can handle like uh, you know sort of react to like. Um, the situation that she's in, maybe it manifests itself as like jealousy or anger, other negative feelings, and she's not letting that happen to her. Mm-hmm. So she's that's that's why I keep thinking like you know she's got a good head on her shoulders with this, and I think that, um, you know she's definitely on an upward trajectory in terms of her 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 self esteem and in terms of how she's handling all of this. I'm very impressed with her about that. So stay your path. That's my 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 advice is keep to keep your path and your confidence and don't let anyone take that ownership from you. Yeah. And, what are and your thoughts? well, through her ideal outcome and kind of the additional info, she's just trying to find some peace regarding what to do. There's so much history and loyalty, but I don't want to feel so crappy around them. Advice on boundaries would help as well in this situation. And it just seems like almost in her mind, she's wrestling with the fact of potentially distancing from these two when they have been such great friends for so long such a hard and i i think she maybe she has a discussion with them and she kind of and she kind of levels them out privately where she says you know something you we got in a situation you guys kind of did this i don't know if you really intended to make me feel bad but yeah you kind of i've kind of feel like you went after me 
Was it her or was it was it, it was the boyfriend who like ranked them? They all shit, kind right? of participated in that, and I think that's a that, weird thing to do. They, got, I think, they, they yeah. got on the. They all climbed on. They got the. Everyone got on the train, and she was on the track, and they ran yeah. her over. I I agree with you. I think you it would be uh, really a shell of strength to be like, "Hey guys, you hurt my feelings," mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I think her friends, from the sound of it would be receptive to that mm-hmm. and would go, oh, we're sorry, we fucked up. And there would be like a healing moment in there that I right. think everyone could benefit And the from. one thing that you've, since you've never watched the show before, the one thing that I've always, you know, try to let everyone know, when you have a confrontation, yeah, I always say, keep it conversational level and handle it with dignity and with uh, elegance. Mm-hmm. And if you don't lose your shit and you hold it that way and say, gee, did you really want to hurt me? Yeah. And... When you go to somebody and say, did you really want to hurt, you know, how come you want to hurt me? Yeah. That makes people think, especially if they care for you. Yeah. And they'll back up a little bit and they'll reflect and then they'll say, God, that's a, that, that's a nice way of beating the shit out of somebody without yeah. ever lifting anything up. And they, they'll never repeat that again. And that's a much better way than going like, hey, you're a bitch, fuck you. Right. Because that just heightens the conflict. No one, you know, then they'll go, no, you're a bitch, fuck you. But if you come at it from a conversation, you know, another thing is, uh, and we we kind of learned this in kindergarten and shit is, is when you, you come at it as a, uh, here's, this is not what you did. This is, I'm going to tell you how I feel because you can't argue with how I feel. If I say you did something, you did this, you can go, well, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, but you can't argue with how I feel. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's the information that I'm going to present. Because that's just that's just my truth. You can't say you don't feel this way. Like, well, no, I, I do. I like that. Yeah, and I think that that kind of conversation with them will help show you the friendship, uh, the friendship aside from uh, feeling lesser than. Right. And I think it will help also to make you feel better around them. Just mm-hmm. because, I mean, that situation. I can only imagine if you've already had these feelings to have it so blatantly drawn out in front of you. Yeah, dude. And I, I think oh, that- the fuck they agreed to do that. Yeah, I, but I think that conversation would help her lead to not losing these people's That's exactly what I was thinking. Because that, there are, it's hard to find people that you have friendships this long with. I, I agree totally. That will save their friendship and it will actually, and it will actually strengthen the, the, the friendship and- Make them tighter. So I totally agree with that thought process. So I think the I think that the the sweet direct confrontation on them and let, letting them know why would you want to hurt, you know why did you want to hurt me yeah that will make them hopefully be much better and stronger friends going forward I and they'll that. never and they'll never repeat it they'll always watch that and watch each other's back. Okay. Okay. My face is very itchy. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my world. Oh my god! I just want to like. But then I know I'm going to have that streak. Okay. All right. Number two. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I just wanted to say I love the podcast. My situation is about my friend. She got a puppy last September from her parents as a gift. She's the kind of person to go out all the time. Like I'm talking work from three to nine, party until 6 a.m. and sleep all day. I couldn't help but notice that this dog she got was suffering. He's a black lab mix and has lots of energy. Every time I visit her house, he's jumping all over everyone and trash the house by eating the couch or something of sorts. I feel so bad for the dog because he stays in his kennel all day and gets let out by my friend's roommate, but he isn't even home until 6 p.m. each day. 
This dog is suffering. One time my friend left him outside tied up for hours and he spooked himself by tangling himself up. He almost choked. Thankfully, the neighbors noticed and helped. What I've been thinking about doing is calling Animal Protection Services as this dog is being neglected and has a horrible life. I'm just unsure if that's my place. And I know all my other friends have noticed this too. I don't think anyone will actually do anything though. I can't bear to see this dog like this anymore. And my friend can't look after him. I'm just not sure what to do. Well, I will say that we have systems in place for reasons. And the fact that you, uh, there's a couple options, but the, the, the first one that comes to my mind uh, in last case resort is yes, you call animal services and let them make the determination if this dog is truly being, they'll investigate it. And if the dog, if, if the dog is being uh, mishandled and it's, it's being abused, they're going to, they're going to have a conversation with the party. And either they'll let that person remedy it or they're going to just take the dog. Um, I can relate to this story very, very clearly as someone very close to me just got a dog. And I was witnessing that he works, you know, crazy hours, you know, from, I think he leaves the house at eight in the morning. He gets home at six. But the one thing that he does do and... I don't know if he started doing this before. It was part of the plan. When they got the dog, there was a couple. Now there's not a couple. He's by himself, but he doesn't want to lose his puppy because he's had it and he loves the dog. Uh, People come and let the dog out and walk the dog during the day. He also leaves work at noon to come home and walk the dog to try to do what he can. But we all recognize that if the dog is going to be in a cage, in a life of a cage, it's animal services got to get involved. So either they got to find a solution on a run, how the dog can have a free run, be outside and enjoy himself, but certainly not locked in a, in a crate, you know, 16 hours a day and then have to go to sleep at night. That's not a life for anybody. That, that's imprisonment. So what are your thoughts on this? You one? know, you said, you said that uh, calling animal services was, was a last resort. And I assume you said that because I, I was thinking, well, I, I said, if, if they can't, if, if, if talking to the person, that's what I was going to say is like, you know, what, what talk if, if I'm very curious what happens if this girl says to her friend, Hey, this is serious. This is what's going on. You need to do this. You need to take care of the dog if, or else mm-hmm. I'm calling animal protective services. Right. But in the case of, of my situation, the person said, my dog, I'll take, you know, take care of it myself. And I stood back and I said, dog's got rights. Now, if I see that the dog isn't having the issue, I'm probably going to take an action. So, you know, these dogs have a lot of energy. And we had a write-in about five or six shows ago about someone that got, you know, got the wrong dog. There are certain dogs that are just, they're they're working dogs. They're they're sporting dogs. Mm -hmm. They are, these dogs are bred to go out and run. This woman needs a cat. (laughs) A cat. The cat, because the cat can take care of itself for large. Oh no, the but, person needs a cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah or actually, you know what? I'm, this I, person I, doesn't I, need a pet I, at all. I, I thought the dog needed the cat. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, you're right. Maybe so he's some to chase and gets my. So out. you know, the, definitely, uh, I would say have a discussion real quick. And if they don't, you know, you can say, "Look, I'm not going to ever do anything behind your back, but this is wrong, and you may hate me for it." Mm-hmm. But 
you know, I'm going to let let the professionals come in and do an analysis because I don't see this as being fair to anybody. And, and they and they might be they might be pissed at you, but oh well. You know, it's brave of her to do that because it's funny. It's funny to me that she's saying, and all of our friends are noticing this as well. But she's the only one. I mean, I don't know. They might all be conferring well, on it. Well, we might have a five more write-ins from that. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I don't know. They might all be conferring on it. But if not, you know, it's, it kind of sounds like she's the only one being mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we should, we should probably do something about this. And and because uh, she probably, this girl, you know, loves dogs. She loves animals. And she, it's hurting her to see this. And she needs to, you know. So, sometimes sometimes I've seen it takes a, a village to raise, you know, to, to, to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And of all the friends say, look, you know, we see you having a problem. We want to help. And we're all willing to come in at different times and maybe walk the dog or take the dog and be a part of this. And we, we want to support, but it's not really their responsibility to do that. But no. they may feel that maybe they want to help. But either way, the obligation here is to make sure the dog is safe. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope that that this person does the the right thing and calls the... Uh, animal services if it, if it doesn't work out and and mm-hmm. she would be brave to do so cuz it's it's a hard thing to do that cuz it's cuz it's inevitably cuz if if she has the conversation with the her friend and it doesn't go and it doesn't go well to the point where she needs to call animal services like when she does that it's going to really blow up her friendship it's and she's be and hard. she's it's going to be hard and she's saying like this is going to be an uncomfortable situation I'm like taking a step outside of my comfort zone getting involved in this but I'm doing it anyway because I, I can't watch the dog suffer. Look, if you find that it's too hard for you to maintain this animal to to the comfort where the, the animal is happy and, and gets to really express itself, maybe you want to find someone that has lost their loved one. And they might need they might mm-hmm. need that extra that, that extra spirit or soul in their life. Yeah. And that might be, do better for everybody. Yeah. And there's no shame, by the way, in, in, in that and in being like in just giving up. Mm-hmm. And like I, you know, I thought I could take care of the dog. I can't. Right. It's better for everyone if we all timing. The timing today is not the same as it was yesterday because yesterday you were a couple. Today you're a single person. Yeah. And maybe you have to do the right thing. Yeah. So these are thoughts for you to go entertain and you know put together in your own mind how you want to handle it. But uh, I, I love that your spirit is to protect the animal, and and I'm with you on it. Well, I think it's really important to highlight this issue too, because I, I'm certain that a lot of listeners are also probably going through these thoughts. In the times of COVID, we have seen a lot of people go get animals as mm-hmm. almost their escape from boredom during COVID and having no job to go to and locked inside and whatever. Mm-hmm. These dogs are now sitting at home or these, these pets rather. I'm sure it's a, a multitude of animals are now trapped at home in this kind of situation. As they're back at the office. Also with people that kind of weren't meant to be pet owners in the first place because they just randomly picked it up as a hobby during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to highlight that issue. Um, And yeah, I, whoever you are, writer, people listening, make the call, figure out the situation to get it changed. Hey, he's like me. At least it wasn't full. (laughs) Especially if you see any, um, you know, neglected reptiles out there, you know, because we need we need someone looking after us too. (laughs) We we feed the reptile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Animal control. No, no need to come here. (laughs) 
All righty. Okay. Let's go for let's go for another one. Number three. Hello. I am looking for advice on how to let my dad know that I would prefer it if my mom walked me down the aisle at my wedding and that I will not be inviting his friends to my wedding. Some background for you. Trigger warning here for uh, child abuse. Okay. When I was in elementary school, I reported my father for child abuse and he's hated me ever since. When I was in high school, he told me every day I was nothing but a constant problem. This really affected my mental health. When I was in university, I developed pretty serious health problems. And at this point, my father became nicer to me and started to help me out in life. We have an okay relationship now, but I still feel resentment for how he treated me growing up. The idea of my father giving me away makes me feel sick to my stomach and causes me a lot of anxiety. I worry that not allowing him to walk me down the aisle will cause him to freak out and refuse to attend my wedding along with preventing my mother from attending. Similarly, he is very adamant that I invite his friends to my wedding as we grew up with their children. However, I always felt resentment towards them as my father was always nice to them and praised them. I would like to ask my mother to walk me down the aisle as she is the only reason I am still alive. When I was very sick, I came close to ending my life, but I didn't because of the support and love from my mother. My mother is very non-confrontational, and I worry she would refuse as to not offend my father. My parents are still married. Well, I, first thing that came to my mind is, let, let, me get, let me get this right. This is her father's wedding? No, it's her wedding. It's her wedding. Oh, yeah, her wedding. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that too. Yeah, so I, I believe in your wedding, you get to write the rules of what you want, who you want, because it's your day. It's your day and the person that you are going to be betrothed. Look, we've all, I, I'm going to assume we've all gone to weddings. And the one thing that you want to have consistent is a happy day. And I'm sorry for your father for... Whatever happened in the relationship, he's he's got some responsibility here. If he wants to accept that responsibility and try to work it out with you, that's great. But you you know you can just point blank say, you know, Dad, we're getting along better. We we're, we're trying to build our relationship, but I have issues, and the issues came from the behavior that happened with you. And you were the adult, and I was a child. And if you can't figure out how to get us through that, then I'm going to have to hold my line because I want to have a nice day that day. And I think that if you really love me, even though it might hurt you, you're going to have to understand this. And you're going to have to play, play this with around the guidelines and the boundaries that I put up because life right now, as I'm now going into adulthood, or I am an adult and I have this new person, I'm going to have this, you know, our own castle. Our own castle has that boundary. And we're going to live within that boundary. And yeah, I'd love to allow, allow you in sometimes. And I hope that we can, we can make it all work. But for, for this event, unless you can come up with a different way or an answer how to get me comfortable, I'm not comfortable with it. And this is just the way it is. And be very direct. Then with your mom, you say, Mom, I know that you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to hurt for dad. But you nor I put dad there. He put himself there. And it is important to me that you're there, and I hope you will be there. And if you can't do it, I will try to understand that as well, and I'll respect it. But nonetheless, you this is your day. 
you do your wedding and you hold your ground. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, her father, uh, I guess she, she didn't specify sort of exactly what was going on. Right. We don't but, know the abuse. But her father is, is getting, got a little lucky that, you know, she's willing to, she's, she's down to rebuild the relationship. Mm-hmm. He's been given a second chance. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of an an opportunity to be like, okay, you know, is is he really down to play ball with me to rebuild our relationship? Mm-hmm. Because if he gets upset about this, if he doesn't understand why, you know, I feel this way, if 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 I tell him all these things that you know that you just mm-hmm. told her to tell him, mm-hmm. and he and he concedes and he goes, I understand, and you're totally right, and I, you know, then then okay, maybe he's down to play ball. Maybe we can form a, a, a greater relationship but if he's not then he's st- then he's still abusive so i i hope i hope he's bright enough to 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 just say honey whatever you need i'm here to to live what you want honor what their wishes are it's their wedding stay with the plan and that's the rules of doing a wedding for somebody and dad that's your rules yeah he's got to he's got to be able to concede to her yeah i mean i think that point is like sums it all up. If he is good with this, mm-hmm. there you go. Like he's learned something, right? Uh-huh. And if he isn't, then he hasn't learned a thing, right? Then you start to you know see how far this extends. But I think it's great. Okay. Okay. You got any uh, seatbelt ones? Well, we have what's one a, more. What's a, wait, what's a seatbelt one? Oh, tell him about the seatbelt. The seatbelt. <laughs> the seatbelt has been a long running trend on the show for. A story that's, you know, it's it's, it's intense. Put on your seatbelt. <laughs> I want to let's hear a seatbelt one. I, I, if well, he's, if he's got one, so he'll... we have a good one. This is going to be our last one. Okay, let's just just so you can experience the tradition. Please. Okay, let's seatbelt up. Okay, Jerry, is let's that, see how it's done. How do we do it? Okay, we go. <laughs> Love this. First, you got to grab grab this one and this one, okay. All right. and you click it in. Very good. And then we had to put the shoulder one on because we're we're doing you know indie cars. And then we do this one, and then pull them tight. Now you go your. Uh, I like the way you did that. <laughs> yeah. Those are the seatbelts, and we can't move. I mean, we are bound in here. Oh, you're right? locked in. We're locked in. Oh, me. All right. All right. Ready to go. All right. I'm ready. We are ready to go. We're like Maverick. We're like Maverick in the plane. I feel like I'm at Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is. My. 21 female, fiance, 27 male, just went on a solo trip and I found escort and hookup websites in his browser history. Nice. Here's a little background. We have gone on two trips together and are almost two years together, but we now have a five-month-old baby. Therefore, I told him he could go on a solo trip and do some hiking like he likes to do. Me and our baby stayed with family for the first few days of the trip, but I had things to do at home, so the last few days we came back here. I went on my laptop, though I should point out that he uses it a lot for his at-home business. Anyway, I went on my laptop to do some stuff when I clicked on Google to search. The drop-down of recently searched popped up. The Google on my laptop had gotten linked with the Google on his phone. So in the drop-down menu was his recently searched things. On the list was Best Cougar Websites Los Angeles which was where he was for part of the time. So I went into the actual full history and there were dozens of Cougar websites, hookup websites, 
and escort services service websites for both Los Angeles and Las Vegas, where he spent a lot of time. So basically, the last couple of days, I've just been thinking about it nonstop. A lot of hiking there, huh? <laughs> the only time I'm not thinking about it is when I'm caring for the baby. I already have anxiety, so this has made it so much worse, and I just feel so sad. What should I do? How should I approach him about it? I just want the truth. I don't want a huge fight. Well, I mean, listen, like, she said she doesn't want a huge fight. I think this woman's in shock in a weird, like, because she, wow. she doesn't want a huge fight. It's like, when you say you don't want a huge fight, like... Well, how do you eliminate a fight? I, I, I... I this woman's going through a lot of complicated emotions here with this because she's realizing what happened and she's realizing that uh, her husband is, is probably, if if not cheating on her, you know, is, in, is intending so, to cheat cer- on her. He certainly had the intent. Yeah, certainly had the intent. And she's like in shock about that because there's a lot, I mean, fuck, there's a lot of conflicting feelings there. She's like... She's like, well, should I forgive him? We have uh, we, we we have this whole fu- fucking life. We can't just we have the kid. We can't just we, we, we just, like didn't even see the the not being with him at this so very moment. Have, and, have you ever been with somebody that has cheated on you? I haven't. Okay, so imagine when you, lo- you you've loved you've you've been deeply in love before. I don't know if I've been deeply. In love okay, before. well, that's a good question too because. Sometimes you'll look and you, when you're deeply in love and then you break up and you go, God, I miss them. I, I mean, gee, I wish we could have worked it out. It's, life is worse without them than with them. You know, there, there's all kinds of head trips that go on in your head. Yeah. You know, one thing that I do know that uh, I, I had a brother-in-law who had passed and he was a retired cop. He became a detective and people would say, can you... Can I hire you to follow my my you know my husband or my wife? Private eye. And he said, if you if you are suspecting it, don't hire me. It's real. Yeah. It's don't don't waste your money. And I don't do it because of that. Mm-hmm. The sad thing is, you know, he is obviously certainly entertaining the idea. If now that that he took a hike or many hikes when he. <laughs> From cougar to cougar, Very tired legs. So he can he can do this and you know bring home whatever intimacy that he had used to share with her. He certainly contaminated it. I think that the be prepared what what you are willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. So the answer is you that I would say is confront her. I mean, confront him immediately and well, yeah, say, of course. you know, here's what it is. And why don't we just assume for for conversation tonight that uh, this is real. And you did go to L.A. and and had an affair. You you, you obviously are entertaining this concept. And it's, it's against what I anticipated my marriage to be. Lying to me is going to be worse. Because lying to me is going to confirm the fact that I can't trust you. If you're clean with me, at least we're getting we're we're getting rid of the the first burden, the lie. Because you lied by doing it. You lied against our our vows or whatever our relationship uh, has been defined because I say that because if she was totally cool with him seeing other women and people, then she wouldn't be saying I went on his phone and saw this. She would know about it. 
So I'm going to assume that she didn't say we're going to have an open marriage. I'm going to no. I don't I'm going to guess that it was all. not. So that's why I say that she's got to really point blank, put, bring it out there, put it on the table, and say, "Now what are we going to do about it?" Because uh, either you're going to be okay with it for a while and say, "I can accept this is is a lifestyle," yeah. or I can't. Yeah, that's the that's the big question. What are we? She goes to him and goes, "What the, what are we going to do about this? We got a kid. We got a life." can't just what, what are we gonna just crumble it down i mean she you know it, it's the thing is you want to tell this woman like well he's cheating on you point blank okay break up leave do the whole but she there's a lot of conflicting fucking emotions there there's all kinds of is stuff there the on. potential there's this might sound like a devil's advocate but okay. is there the potential that he likes the pretend and likes the Totally. The thought of doing this, so he looks it up as if it's this fantasy, but he doesn't actually go through with it. You know, one of the uh, four agreements, don't assume, you know? So have the conversation. See, although I will say, if she has the conversation with him and he says, <laughs> and he says, well, I just like the fantasy of it. Right. I, just, <laughs> I just Google it. And then then she's then she has to confront is she f fucking with me? Right. <laughs> right. Decide well, whether or not she believes this. Well, multi-level. Let, let so. me ask you the question: What? What? How would he have felt if he, you know, saw her fantasy that she was the cougar, mm -hmm. and she is out looking for nineteen-year-old guys to go, you know, please her and drive, yeah. you know, drive her home, mm -hmm. and and she can say, then I guess it's okay that I have the fantasy, and I'm going to go. I mean, it, there's always the other shoe, and I can guarantee you he would not be too happy about the fact if he found out that she was going, you know, she was on the website, even even though it's only a fantasy of hers. We just don't know. And so that's why I think that if she confronts him really openly and yeah. not lose her shit, not come at him, you know, with a vase that, you know, she's screaming and yelling. But she's got to really hold her crap together. You got to really hold your shit together, lady. When you sit down with him and say, you know, we don't have to hide it. It's here. Yeah. It's real. Why, why don't What's we just, What's the deal? why don't we just talk about it? Because we, you know, we're supposed to be best friends. I really want to hear what the uh, result of her talking to We do get the updates. We, do, we don't and, have it. Okay. But, no, but we, we don't. But we're going to ask her for the, to, to write us back the update. I because, the update. And when we do get the update, when we go live, I'll call you in. Okay, call me in with the update. And we'll we'll, we'll all react together. Okay, call me I in think with that, the update that, on this I think one. that would be great, but I definitely want you to open a dialogue. I, I would recommend to open this dialogue just the way that we're saying, you got to be calm and let's just see how it plays out with that early conversation. And how long did, did she didn't say how long ago this happened, did, it? did she? I think it was recently. Because, yeah, because this is something, like I said, I still think that when she, because when she said, I don't want there to be a fight. I'm just like, she's like in shock. I don't think she's fully like. Oh, you, how would she not be in shock? Because the writing, the writing is like, it feels like it's on the wall. So I'm curious, Lyle, how would you, if you put yourself in this situation and you're her, how do you respond if he comes back and just says, nope, nothing happened? It's the hardest thing about, uh, I, I, actually, this is, it's cool that, um, I like, I like this as a challenge, uh, cause on my show, I, I'm like asking more questions than I am articulating my thoughts on things. Mm -hmm. And this is like, I can't ask people follow up questions. And I like the challenge of that. Um, but with this guy, I would, I would just have to like, I would have to know him. I'd have to hear the way he said it. I would, there's so many, 
There's so many factors that would determine what I do, and that's why I can't give an answer. So that's why it'd be interesting if you stay calm. Yeah. I, I go back to her again. Stay calm. Have the conversation, and you better and say, look, if, if I'm going to assume you did it, so let's talk about where we are right now. And let's have a little reunion on it. We'll call you in. I'm down. I want to hear this update. So that's it. That's what I feel on this one. That's what we got. So thanks for joining us again for this show. And and most importantly, Gek, thanks for uh, staying a little late. I know you're with Morgan and I loved having your input. We'll come back and we'll do more of these. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? Uh, I do a show. It's called Therapy Gecko. And um, it's a little bit like this where people call in and um, they don't always have problems. Sometimes we just have very casual chit chat about uh, their lives and stuff. But it's uh, it's nice. It's lighthearted. It's, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's horribly depressing. As you can find it on the same app that you're listening to this podcast on, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. It's called Therapy Gecko. And uh, I'm also on YouTube, Therapy Gecko. Search Therapy Gecko on YouTube. You'll see pictures of my face. Search uh, Therapy Gecko on Instagram. My handle on there is Lyle, the number four, ever. Uh, if you just Google Therapy Gecko, stuff will come up. And if I need to go uh, myself, I need to call Therapy Gecko. Yeah. It's okay that I lay on the couch at, you know here at my house yeah and you'll sit in the chair and take notes at your house yes of course yeah that's the great thing is that because it, you're uh, it's from the phone you can sit in any position <laughs> that you want and i won't i'll have no idea <laughs> you could be sitting on the toilet we and we could have those intense conversation <laughs> about your parents well we all look forward to uh, i'm going to listen to your show now and you're going to beautiful go here at my show and uh i'm stoked and now we're friends for life uh, again, this is the end of number 27. We'll look for you on 28.